Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com What's up, everyone? It is 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren, and today we're joined by Jessica Gonzalez. She's going to tell us a little bit about the cannabis market in New Jersey, if New Jersey ends the vote in this November. But first, we do have to get into a little bit of cannabis legalization news. So, Tom and Miggy, how y'all doing? Let's get into the news summary. What's up? Hey, Lauren. Doing all right. I, uh, I'm reporting live from a building in Chicago, so I'm legally required to wear a mask unless I am drinking something. That's ridiculous. So for the next hour, I will be having this Coke. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm, I'm also chasing. in a room by myself, so it's not like I'm endangering anybody. Mm. Uh, however, I have not been tested for the coronavirus. Maybe have you been tested? Uh, no, you know what? They're doing a drive-through, but I've still got questions about if they're doing a, a proactive test or for the antibodies, because you know I'm still curious about the antibody situation. Well, that's because you had that particularly curious situation this past uh, February before yeah. the whole thing, you know, broke out. Fuck, dude. It was, it was, you know what, dude? If I didn't have the coronavirus, if coronavirus is worse than what I had, fuck us. Yikes. Yeah, well, bad. Man. Hey, let's talk about the uh, the vice president candidate in the room. Let's talk about the vice president candidate in the room before we get to the big shake up in Illinois. Yeah. Okay. Senator Kamala Harris has been picked to be the vice president nominee for the Democratic ticket. And she is actually really, really good on cannabis. She's helped sponsor the MORE Act. Yeah, and, uh, her and Cory Booker. And so, like, I was a Booker supporter back in the day. But then, you know, because he was also a vegan. But then um, well, also, and then he, he wrote the Moore Act. And I think she's also yeah. calling for more than the Moore Act. She might also be a sponsor in the Safe Banking Act and any other. Um, but she is calling for the legalization of cannabis. I, I mean, honestly, dude, uh, you know, I keep thinking about because already there's negative shit coming out, even from like progressives out here in Seattle, which it's, all of this fucking blows my mind. Because in the end, it doesn't matter who he picked because guess what? I ain't blame for the orange motherfucker. So No, no, no. That orange yeah. motherfucker has had four years. And the only thing he has demonstrated is that he cares about himself and nobody else. He's, campaign he's campaigning against himself. We're going to oh, make America great again, apparently. think like that riot that just happened in Chicago that, that pissed everybody off. And so um, and uh, I'm in Chicago now. And so I have to be like in bed by 6 p.m. because there's a curfew. Uh, I think that a lot of that was caused through Russian bots and hacking and influencing on social media after the uh, 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 an African-American boy, well, he was 20, was shot uh, over the weekend. And then that's when it really, really uh, snowballed. But uh, yeah. there was 
during that, that because that was just Monday, there was a huge piece of news out of Illinois that basically just was under the radar. Uh, the Illinois governor has appointed Danielle, uh, Danielle Perry as the cannabis czar. So wow. Floyd Hutchinson, who had been in the position for just a few months, I believe she started in January and the new law came out, and she has not even overseen uh, anything except for delays. She is out. And now uh, Danielle uh, Perry is in. Danielle has uh, some experience. She's overseen an agricultural jobs training program. Uh, mm. She was a communications director with the Chicago Inspector General's Office, a member of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightsfoot's transition committee, and also served in Barack Obama's Department of Agriculture, which makes me wonder, you think she smokes weed? Oh, maybe. I would hope so. I mean, but... I mean, that's a pretty good resume for somebody taking over one of the, your next biggest departments. You know, that's uh, pretty solid. At least you're not getting like the anti-ex-cop person. Yeah, you're not getting the anti-ex-cop person that's going to be towing the line. That's kind of what they did over to you guys in Washington State with the uh, Liquor Control Board, right? Yeah, what's even worse is that whole board is appointed. There's no, they don't answer to the public. So they're in control of one of the biggest, hugest budgets, and they only have to answer to the governor. Man, that sucks. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But, you know, uh, again, it, hopefully uh, uh, Team Biden-Harris wins. Because I really do think, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, a one, uh, uh, what do you call it? A one-something voter? One um, Single-issue voter. Single-issue voter. You know, like, cannabis <clears throat> marijuana is bigger than single-issue because it involves social justice. It involves health. It involves uh, uh, racial equality. There's a lot. Oh, there's also energy independence. There's yes. also the environment. I mean, so sure, I'm a single plant voter, but uh, I have many issues that I care about. Yeah, and it's it's fascinating that it really kind of touches on all of them. But I mean, uh, we really just have to worry about those three seats in the Senate. So like if Mitch McConnell's and you saw how he was treating uh, cannabis on on the Hill because of the new CARES program. He's saying like, and then Nancy Pelosi is trying to get marijuana companies. And then he talks like a turtle. You did that yeah. great thing. Thank if you. you guys haven't liked and subscribed yet, you should. But then you should also tune into Miggy's uh, most recent uh, profanity-fueled rant. And it's just mostly all beeping. It's a lot like listening to gangster rap on regular radio. You just don't hear any of the words. But you, you went at him about how he essentially is just holding up the CARES Act, which includes the Safe Banking Act. I mean, honestly, dude, anything that stops legalization is something that hurts us as a nation more every day. You know, it's the only reason why I spend an hour every day with you is because I think this topic's worth, you know, spreading about and, and, and encouraging other people to be involved. I mean, there's so many people involved. Yeah. And we get a lot of great support in the channel. And so one of the things that we have unlocked, because now that we've gotten enough subscribers, we're basically knocking on 5,000. Uh, we are able to have like membership levels. And then we're also able to have super chats. So if people wanted to pay us a dollar to chat for us, we'll then be like, oh my gosh, thank you for the super chat. And then answer their question. Uh, yeah. Now there was some, some more gross news, some gross news to report out of uh, Michigan. Oh, Michigan God. recalls cannabis pre-rolls after processing plant employee accused of licking product. Do you think he was hand rolling them? Dude, I don't understand. Like, <clears throat> especially during, you know, the COVID time. Like, why right. would you think that's a good idea? I, I just think it would be great if he was caught and he's just like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But like, who caught him? That's the other question, right? Like, oh, yeah. Who did catch this guy? I mean, so, uh, or like, how do they, I mean, like, I, well, if it's anything like Illinois regs, then everybody's on, on camera. And yeah. so if everybody's on camera, they're like, 
Is Josh licking the joints? Why is he rolling joints by hand? Yeah, How many dude. of these did he put out? I mean, you can. There's. It's so much easier. There. You know. Have you seen the cones? That's shakers. Everything. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm like hundred. Like it had because I haven't seen. I've never seen a, a pre roll that I buy at a dispensary that actually had that it was actually rolled. They're yeah. all the cones and the shock, uh, the shaker boxes, and then like you know, GTI has these tiny little ones called dog walkers that must cost them nothing. But it's it's licked pre roll marijuana product. You see, that's the thing. It, it's pre rolled. It's not roll your own. It's a, it's a pre roll. Well, maybe he loved them so much, he was just gonna give him some love. No, I think the guy was. I do have to say though, uh, during medical time out here, because uh, it was the Wild West, um, lots of pre rolls that were made like that. Like, uh, yeah, at one point I used to question, like, you know, I mean, I am getting someone's germs. I never really thought about like, if if you're in a session, you're like, did you lick that? I mean, you're still. No. passing whatever you're still passing it right yeah so and then if it starts to run and you just lick your finger and you kind of put it over the run you know yeah. uh, i mean I, I i know how to smoke joints and i feel bad that i can't roll one after i kind of hand rolled it with my mimicking you know it's uh it's the mirror neurons there t- i tell you i use a dollar dude I can't, I can't you use a dollar yeah yeah you do the dollar roll i've never done the dollar roll i uh i i graduated to the um they aren't called king size. I got some in my bag, like the longer ones. And so like you can do the table roll. I've seen people okay. do that. That's really cool. But then in a longer joint, so you can fit like more in a gram in it. Uh, those are hard. Those are, you, you have to practice up on those. But, you but know. again, I haven't had a roll in fucking years since I, because I, I, the only time I would do that if I'm out of state. Rolling up when you're out of state, because otherwise you just buy a pre-roll? Fucking A. Um, I wish you could do that at, because I used to smoke weed there. Yeah. Jersey. Well, Jersey. Well, we're getting to Jersey here in a bit. I wanted to just touch on oh, something yeah. else that came out of the great state of Florida. Oh, Trulieves wow. launches National Expungement Week initiative out of Tallahassee, which is fantastic because the Florida license is somewhat like the New Jersey license uh, because there was a, something that I read about the Jersey license. So stick around for the guests because we're going to dig into the New Jersey uh, legalization movement. Uh, that has to do with the vertical integration, but uh, Trulief is the largest cannabis company in Florida. It accounts for like more than half the market share. And so they are going to do some expungement clinics, which is great. Uh, I'm glad that they're actually trying to help the people that were harmed by the the cannabis. No, it's definitely a a good step for a big company. I wish more of them did that. Yeah. I I wish they all did that shit, man. Now you understand like the difference between uh, Florida's cannabis, medical cannabis, as opposed to adult use, we're going to be talking about adult use here in a second, uh, and uh, New Jersey's uh, adult use laws, do you? Um, the fact that they kind of exist? Uh, let, me, let me just show this to you then real quick. Uh, and you're going to add this to the stream. So this is the Ballotopia, oh, I'm sorry, Ballotpedia, uh, information regarding, well, this is just all of them. Well, that's, that's frustrating. Uh, so now I actually have to click the New Jersey one, 21, 2020, 20, New Jersey. Okay. And so here it has the ballot question. And then here's where the actual constitutional change would happen to the New Jersey constitution. And it says, uh, this is going to change the constitution to article four of the New Jersey constitution. The ballot measure for legalizing cannabis in New Jersey will add section 13 to section seven of article four of the New Jersey constitution. And this is what will be added. The growth, cultivation, processing, manufacturing, preparing, packaging, transferring, and retail 
purchasing and consumption of cannabis or cannabis products created from which cannabis by persons 21 of years in age and older uh, shall be lawful. Um, and so they didn't say or, they just said and. And so that to me sends the, the direction that they mean the huge monolithic Florida, true leaf, Arizona style mm. licenses, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but let's, yeah. let's talk about that, man. Absolutely. Oh, totally. Let's bring Jessica on. Hey, Jessica, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Bressler? Sure thing. Um, so um, I'm currently right now, I co-manage the cannabis practice group and then I lead the trademark practice group as well. Um, so we have, um, you know, my boss before I came over, he represented a client in the last round. Um, when I had my own firm, I represented a, a client for the last round for the request for applications. Um, but actually a lot of my really kind of cannabis type of work falls um, more on the advocacy side of things, which happy to talk about as well. Awesome. Yeah, we do the advocacy shows on Sunday, but this this industry is actually one that is built on advocacy outside of like, you know, your your corporate profiteers that got in later and still try to support the advocacy. It's it's all about doing the right thing and, and having the right uh, laws so that our, our nation is a better place. And uh, one of the things that I saw uh, in the New Jersey ballot amendment has that word and in it. And so that's currently the subject of the floor grown lawsuit in Florida, whether or not, because in Florida's constitutional amendment, they have the word or. And so they're making a constitutional argument at the Florida Supreme Court to try to break open uh, the uh, the currently vertically integrated market. So like a vertically, like I just got done with, uh, with a consult here and in Illinois, I can I can advise people about like, all right, well, let's talk if you're adequately capitalized for a dispensary, a retail. Let's talk we're talking about adequately capitalized for a grow. Let's talk about adequately capitalized for a processor. But the way that they set it up then with New Jersey saying the word and, it implies that it's going to be everything. So we're talking over $10 million, just like it is in Florida, where uh, that it does say or in their constitutional amendments. So like Florida licenses can be $50 million. And uh, hopefully the Supreme Court says, no, it says or so you can have license types. Uh, Jessica, in, in New Jersey, how is uh, how are the New Jersey medical players set up? Are they all vertically integrated? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So we currently have 12 licensed operators. So the first six were happened in 2012 under the Christie administration, and those were all required to be nonprofit vertically integrated. Then during the 2018 request for applications under the Murphy administration, another six licenses were awarded, but solely for vertical licenses. So then when we had our 2019 RFA was only for four vertical and the rest were for dispensary and for sites. However, none of those have been awarded just yet. And it's been already over a year because the Department of Health got sued. And so there's currently a court order today on the application. So all that we're really working with are the operators really from the 2012 and 2012. All right. I just want to make sure that everybody who's listening and or watching from the state of Illinois, uh, maybe we should slow walk that uh, that lawsuit that we could file uh, to try to get the state of Illinois to release the winners, because that just might forestall everything into the foreseeable future. And nobody wants that. I mean, in Illinois, everybody's really just sitting on their hands and, and, and biting their fingernails over how much longer do they have to wait beyond what the statute provided. They said that they would know. I mean, and so 
you know, people are just waiting and the, the, the only people that are really making the money are the currently licensed holders. So how long have they been in limbo in New Jersey? So the awards for the 2019 request for applications should have been awarded by late, latest December of last year. Um, and so the request for applications was released July 3rd of last year. Um, and the application period closed around August 21st. Um, so we're going on about one year now Holy that crap. we had 196 applicants um, for 15 dispensaries, five cultivation sites, and four vertical licenses. Wow. Um, and so all of these folks now are currently in limbo because what ended up happening was the Department of Health, which currently runs the medical cannabis program here in New Jersey, they disqualified 50 something applicants for various reasons. 15 of those applicants were disqualified for technical error, meaning corrupt files. You couldn't open their PDF, couldn't you know open up portions of the application. So a couple of them got together, um, a lawyer is representing the majority of them. I believe it's somewhere around 12 were suing and the court um, ordered a stay. Um, on reviewing applications and issuing any sort of application. Oh, wow. So we have a growing number of patient population here that really is only relying on very few retailers. And we just opened up really in the past six months, a couple more dispensaries. But on average, it takes a patient an hour and a half to get to the nearest. Uh, wow. Booty. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And so when you think you're just, about what you're you know, terrifying everybody from Illinois right now. And so, you know, you heard it here first, guys. And and thank you for tuning yeah. in. So, and, you know, when you think about the applicants, right, and you right. had to have site control. So now for a whole year, there are folks who are still paying to keep that space open oh, just for the opportunity to potentially get one of these very like highly coveted licenses. Right. Um, and so, you know, then we're kind of getting also close to the uh, the ballot initiative. So it's like, well, what's going to happen now? So with the ballot initiative, is that going to give you guys recreational then? Right. Yep. So for the ballot is for adult use. Um, and so that's on the ballot. So November 3rd, New Jersey residents will be voting um, on adult use legalization. Right. Um, and the question, which I think you, you, you just kind of skipped through there, but it's actually a scientifically inaccurate question. Um, so it asks, do you want to amend, do you agree to amend the state constitution to legalize a controlled form of marijuana called cannabis? Right? Like that doesn't make sense. And if it, you were going in line with the Controlled Substance Act, it would be the opposite. Right? Um, so that's kind of one, you know, an issue that we saw. I think it's a bit confusing, which is why there's a campaign now in New Jersey called NJ Can that is now really the coalition of forming a various um, advocacy group to educate on this question and educate on what voting yes well i got a question on that then because uh if we look at the the rubric of this because we don't we aren't allowed to do this in illinois and so we don't it doesn't come up but you have the ballot question and it's true like you know what you just said do you approve of amending the constitution to legalize a controlled form of marijuana called cannabis but then down in the Constitution, where they provide the amendment, they have this definitional of cannabis to mean all parts of the plant cannabis, uh, L, whether growing or not, yada, yada, yada. And not to include me medical, though. They exempt medical and they also exempt hemp. So is that is that kind of what they're getting at? Is that so like it's like we want to legalize this type of marijuana called cannabis and then 
they read the the amendment and like, oh, there it is. It's confusing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's confusing because you're kind of you're not, you're you're excluding medical cannabis and kind of what cannabis are we talking about, right? Whether it's recreational or, or medical, it's still the exact same thing. But yeah. I think one of the problems is using the word marijuana, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think that there's still a lot of stigma, at least over here, we have a huge, you know, Latino population and I coming from a Latino family, like understand that had I not educated my family, my community on it, they would have seen the word marijuana and been like, oh my God, I'm going to go running. So right. it, it was also kind of, you know, one of the issues that I had that not only confusing, but it's also alarming. That's definitely, terminology is definitely, uh, what do you call it, a term of art there, Tom? Yeah, it's a legal term of art. And so like in federal law, marijuana, they like, Back in 1937, the American Medical Association was like, nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about. They're calling it marijuana, by the way. It's called cannabis sativa or cannabis indica. It's used in the pharmacopoeia. And then they didn't update the pharmacopoeia for another five years. And so uh, after it had been prohibited. <clears throat> and so they still define marijuana as a drug. And then the only thing that marijuana is as a drug is just the cannabis plant. And that's what it was until 2018 when uh, President Trump signed the farm bill. And uh, it became, the cannabis plant was essentially cleaved, not in half, because like there's so many more cannabinoids besides just THC, but it was the THC, the Delta 9 THC cannabis plants, and then all other cannabis plants right. or, or hemp. Yeah. So yeah, it's completely confusing and it's not right. And so I bet, and I don't know, in, and we were sharing behind uh, in the green worm, neither one of Jessica or I uh, are, are cannabis uh, criminal lawyers. We're cannabis business lawyers. So we're like, I don't know. But um, in the criminal laws in um, uh, in New Jersey, do they call it marijuana? Can you get arrested for marijuana possession? Or do they call it cannabis? Marijuana possession. Okay. Okay. What? And um, what a lot of people don't know is that New Jersey actually ranks consistently in the top three states for highest cannabis rate. Usually just either between teeter-tottering with New York and Texas. Between us and New York, we have some of the more on crime mentalities, kind of making it even more imperative past legalization to really stop. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, 20 years ago, I don't know, 30, goddamn. Uh, when I used to live out there, I mean, it was something, you know, you don't talk about it, you know, but now uh, Jersey has expanded to, you know, with, with uh, activists like Diane Forbacher and uh, who's a gentleman whose, whose kid was sick out there? He did the thing too as well. Um, do you know what I'm talking about, Jessica? Is it the, are you talking about a legislator or? No, uh, like an activist as far as like creating the conversation out there. Oh, right. So I think you may be talking about the father of Jake Koenig. Yeah. Um, yep. Who was a kid. And that's actually what the medical bill is now named after. It's called the Jake Koenig Act. Yeah. And it's just, it's just sad though. Cause I mean, even the past eight years, you guys have clearly shown that there's a need for New Jersey uh, ins to, you know, that want cannabis, you know, uh, and, and medical should be an option period. Yeah, absolutely. And we didn't really have a robust medical program under the Christie administration. Um, and it was really Murphy who kind of came in and opened up more for the qualifying conditions, right? Prior to Murphy, you had to have the most like debilitating diseases to be able to qualify. Mm. And then he added PTSD, anxiety, migraines, um, kind of more kind of common ailments um, to kind of, you know, assist folks who really do need it. Yeah, totally. so the the, uh, the New Jersey marijuana laws have really been opened up after the Christie administration was gone, and now it's substantially easier to get a, a medical marijuana card in New Jersey. How many patients are out there? 
-hmm. Right now, I believe it's probably a little bit over 80,000. So it is growing um, consistently. It's more than doubled since Governor Murphy uh, over. I think, you know, I think we would see more if we had better products we had more variety, right? Um, because a lot of folks over here, they complain about it. And when COVID happened, shortages all around, wait times up to four hours, you couldn't even get an appointment you know, to get in. So I think a lot of people are also skeptical of that program as well, right? Like if you have to wait four hours or potentially not get it and you have to pay a tax on it, like why would you not just go to your man down the street, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Because you don't know what he's putting in it. He'd be putting in those PGRs, making it grow all weird. And then who knows what else? And then he's been licking the pre-rolls. Uh, <laughs> but I also think that the supply shortages are a byproduct of the litigation log jam that's keeping the other yeah. licensed operators from coming to play. Uh, so that really sucks. And I don't know what's going to happen with if you guys do legalize it. That doesn't make the that that quagmire of litigation go away. And Jersey, then, yeah, it's, it's ironic for a place that calls itself the Garden State because. Being that I used to live there, there is a huge farming community. So, I mean, like, these they're not defunct. They're not going to be like, oh, shit, we don't know how to grow this plant. I mean, they're going to be able to step up to the game. But um, it, it's kind of sad that you guys are having a shortage to hear. It's uh, uh, pretty wild, in my opinion. You know, we have an abundance out here in the Northwest where I don't right. have to worry about uh, getting pulled over. You know, you living out there, man, I, I was scared shitless most of the time just uh, uh, for holding you know, an eighth. Uh, and that's also the issue, right? With like lack of competition is then there's lack of variety and lack yes. of, you know, or, or there's no more of an incentive to really kind of, you know, push the envelope for better quality and more, you know, products and stuff like that. And even the, the, the winners of the 2018 request for applications, it took them a year to start functioning and to even start opening. Um, so it has been a while. Um, and, you know, with the, the DOH holdup, other those licenses are not, you know, haven't gone through. And it, it's kind of unfortunate because the medical bill did contemplate the license and different types of licenses. But another issue over here is we don't even have a commission. Oh, and that was supposed to be formed by the end of last year. Well, who's, who's handing out licenses then? The Department of Health, okay. who is also currently dealing with COVID. Oh, good. Right? So I know where their priorities are. And uh, <laughs> that stinks. But then do you think we're going to have a problem with the way that the people are going to read the, uh, the new amendment to say that you have to have the unified vertically integrated license because they use the word and instead of the word or like they did in Florida? So I'm not sure because one thing even with the medical bill is that the medical bill has already kind of capped vertical license only contemplates an additional three, right? For adult use, I'm not so sure what we will see, but activists here have made it very clear that we don't want many more vertical licenses, right? Because that really precludes a lot of New Jersey residents from applying unless you partner up with out-of-state multi-operators. Um, but I do think that there needs to be a lot more education on the question. There are still activists in the industry who have no idea what the ballot question actually is. And so I'm actually working with NJ Can 2020, the campaign, um, to help push this forward and to provide that education. And so we finally got our website up um, and the people behind nice. that are folks like the ACLU, the NACP, the Latino Action Network, Doctors for Safe Access. And so you have really people behind this coalition who are willing to put in the work to educate. Um, yeah. And I think that's just gonna be the biggest factor because 
there's going to be a lot of distractions between here and there, right? Between our presidential election, between other elections happening, we need to make sure that this kind of maintains, um, you know, within the conversation. And so I always just tell people, just keep perpetuating that conversation. And best thing you can do, talk to your family about it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely, you know, spreading the word. And Jersey is such a small state. I mean, you know, you can fit that state into other states. You yeah, know? it's not that but, small. It's got 9 million people in it, man. Like Washington State's got like four and a half. Yeah, right, but they're on like Trenton. Super they're dense. Trenton. Yeah, it's super dense. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, it is, but um, I, I just, it's, it's so frustrating. So Jessica, when you talked about the, 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 the opportunity for New Jerseyans, you know, like this, this opportunity you guys are trying to expand on, uh, you know, you already had the limited license. You guys seem to be frozen. In the beginning, you know, right now, Tom and I, we talked about in most states, the lowest place to enter in is Oklahoma. And Washington in the beginning was 2,500, which I wish I got fucking did. But like, you know, what? what's going to cost to get involved there in Jersey, like as it opens up? And what did it cost in the beginning? So it costs just the application fee itself is 20,000. Uh, and so it's, you, but you, you send in two checks. So you send in one check for two thousand and another for eighteen thousand. But the two thousand is non-refundable. The eighteen thousand is refundable if you're not awarded a license. But regardless, you have to have that money in the bank, right? To still yeah. provide them with that check. Um, but over here, you know, I hear you know with certain law firms, you know, rolling retainers of a hundred, you know, something upwards of thousands of dollars, right? You consultants for fifty thousand dollars, and then just your real estate costs for site control, because that was what you know you, what you needed. And so it was. I tell folks, I'm like, you were looking at the very least. 250,000 just to be able to apply. So it's very frustrating for everybody involved that they put in all this money, all this effort really behind, you know, putting in a, a good application. And now, you know, we're all just sitting ducks. And then that could just be, that's just the application for a retail license, just for a dispensary. <laughs> and so that sucks. And then the other thing is because it's just this super exclusive club of licenses, like we also have here in Illinois, and, and I don't, ours isn't $250,000 yet, but if, if it becomes like New Jersey where you have to hold, well, the, the growers would have to hold the real estate for a year. Uh, but because there's so few licenses, if you win and you haven't budgeted another six figures to defend a lawsuit, or if you don't quite win to prosecute a lawsuit so you can get into the lottery, yikes. I mean, you're just going to be out of the out of the game before you can really get in it. So like uh, trying to tell people what adequate capitalization is for a, a dispensary is different than trying to tell them what it is for a cultivation. And most people aren't sitting on $8 million to be pretty well capitalized for a cultivation facility or like a million bucks for uh, a retail. And it's, it's really frustrating. And then how are the uh, regulations surrounding the security systems uh, in New Jersey cannabis. So you're talking about like, what do they entail like for security? Yeah. Do they have a whole bunch of onerous regulations for how much security that you have to go through? We don't have regulations. So that's what we don't have regulations. We wow. have, a, we have a, a medical law that that's about what it, because the folks who were supposed to come up with the regulations is the cannabis regulatory commission that we don't have yet. So what ended actually up, what this is what, and this is going to be insane, but this is what ended up happening. The Murphy about mid June was like issued an executive order and said, Hey, we're going to release a request for application for a hundred. I believe it was like 143 licenses. That's a lot of licenses, right? And then two weeks later, they said, just kidding. It's actually going to be 24 and we're going to issue them. And then once 
it was issued, the new medical bill went into effect like two days later. And so the the laws that you had to look that you actually applied to the 2019 request for applications was the old medical bill that was all 24 pages. That's and it. so you had to look at the old medical bill with no regulations, just a 24 page document. And then also, you know, if you were a savvy lawyer, you also knew to look to the new medical bill of what they would be looking for down the road. So the 2019 RFA, despite the fact that it came out two days before the new medical bill was pursuant to the old one. Is the fact that there's no regulation because I mean, regulation <laughs> that people don't talk about, people have this mindset of regulation, right? You know, regulation is supposed to be just checks and balances, right? Uh, or something to enforce. And I always say, uh, lab regulations, plant regulation, we don't need to regulate seed to sell, but we have to apparently for markets and people's safety. But um, this ambiguous part when they just say, okay, we're going to legalize medical marijuana, just like here in Washington, when we had medical marijuana, we had uh, a care practitioner can give us a script. Uh, we had lounges. We, we, you know, it was just wild west of just cannabis and New Jersey weed man's out there. Is that what he's hiding under? Is that what he's getting away with? As far as like his cannabis cafe, it's like, Hey, I don't provide it, but they're, they're all patients and they're allowed to smoke because we don't have a no smoking law, right? Like here with no home grow, the reason why we're trying to get home grow laws is because we want to say, look, we're allowed to have this now. Technically, if I were to grow, I'm a criminal right now. But since you have no, quote, law saying no lounges, is that what we can do out there? I mean, is that what's happening? No, um, I think it is. You know, he uh, he blazes his own trail. Yeah. Um, right. So he you know, he's he does this in a sort of activism sort of way. Right. He has his hashtag selling weed like I'm white. Right. He has his own story, he has his own kind of thing with the criminal justice system. I would just never advise anybody to kind of open up, you know, your own Ooh. kind of consumption lounge uh, type of thing. A lot of people want it, but it's actually a consumption lounge you could actually apply for once you have a dispensary license. It's a separate oh. permitting process. Um, but once again, um, no regulations, no commission, no permit for delivery or, or cannabis handlers or consumption lounges or anything. It's just another example of the people who are making the laws have no fucking clue what they're regulating and no fucking clue how to do it. But then you get a few big players that are in there that are like, this is fine. I yeah. like this. This is good. Right. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, legalize it. And then uh, we'll be the only ones that are selling that to everybody. Exactly. It. It's not right. I mean, I, I like what Oklahoma did, but then, you know, the, the downside of that is you're going to send all these would-be hopeful entrepreneurs to slaughter, but that's the free market, right? And so it would have been cheaper to open up your doors and they would have had like some regulations regarding, no, you need some security protocols. It's weed. The whole business is done in cash. Duh, you know, um, and and then they could have actually allowed it to to have people that don't have that eight million dollars in the bank that's just burning a hole in their pocket uh, to get into the industry. And so it's it really does uh, stink. Except for like Oklahoma, Michigan's easier, but like Michigan's a good example, and so is California, and, and well, not necessarily Washington State, maybe Oregon. Um, it's not a cheap industry, and you know to, to do this stuff right, and then especially with when you do get your regulations in New Jersey, I'm sure they're going to be complicated and they're going to be onerous and they're going to have protocols for seed to sale, which more than just more than doing anything else. I mean, like plant regulation or, or lab regulations, plant regulation, that's correct.
But then the seed to sale allows you to have batches. So you know what if they have actually been tested by the lab. But yeah. then why the, the state really likes it is because then they know, all right, where's my taxes? Where's right. my taxes? And then also, wait, what do you mean? Because like they know the black market's out there. They don't want to be fueling the black market, but they don't mind taking their cut from the, the legitimate market. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And without regulations, you know, it was, you know, even representing a client for dispensary and even, you know, with my boss representing another one, it, it's difficult when you have to look to two laws that are not, you know, they're not really equal with each other. They have different language. And so you want to look to regulations and you don't really have any. So all you have, all you have is a law bill. You have a statute. And typically that's not the way things should be, right? That kind of governs how the regulations should be. And that's really what's going to help, you know, drive this industry forward, not just legalese, you know, that's, that's not the law. Yeah. Well, let's ask a, a home grow question. Uh, so for, do the New Jersey marijuana laws allow for any home grow currently? None. None. No, no, no home grow. Um, that's been, you know, a lot of activists here have really, really been advocating for a very, very long time um, for home grow. I truthfully just don't think we'll see it, um, not even really for adult use. While I want to remain optimistic and while I am a proponent of home grow, we haven't figured out our medical program yet. We yeah. are about to, you know, if, if it, the ballot passes, which I'm cautiously optimistic that it will, now we have to figure out a whole new regulated market. And I think adding home grow on top of that, I just don't see New Jersey, you know, trying to move forward with that, especially if going to be using cannabis as their cash cow. I just don't see really that happening. But you know, who knows? It's Jersey. <laughs> who knows who promises what? I don't know. So Man. how about, any, are, is there any social equity in uh, the New Jersey marijuana or cannabis scene? <laughs> so um, not, uh, so I've been very um, vocal just through my work, I'm also outside general counsel for minorities for medical marijuana. Sit on the right policy on. committee for um, for the Minority Cannabis Business Association, um, and so I focus a lot on social equity for for both of those. And for New Jersey and the medical, the, the new medical bill that passed last year, there were supposed to be these quote unquote social equity provisions, which were for micro licenses, um, conditional licenses, and then 15% that would go towards minority certified businesses and the other 15% would go toward women or disabled veteran certified businesses, right? Um, and so the whole purpose really behind the certification was we want to, you know, not run afoul of any constitutional challenges that we've seen in other states, right? Like, um, you know, like Maryland and stuff like that. Right. Ohio's was the most blatant racist social equity provision. And if we had more time, Tune in next week where we'll we'll just lambast the Ohio provision that was completely struck down. And then you just be like, no wonder Ohio medical marijuana is so silly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I have issues with really the only thing I really don't have issues with is the conditional licenses. I do have issues with the micro licenses and I do have issues with the percentages because they can easily be manipulated. Um, and for the micro licenses, you know, what ended up happening was they kind of took the language from Massachusetts, added very onerous restrictions to size and quantity and ownership and we're just like okay this is what's going to happen it's not workable I, I talked to folks who and all across the country really and said could you operate with these restrictions right 
no more than 2,500 feet, no more than 10 employees. Your employees have to be from that municipality or a neighboring one. Um, you know, wow. there's there's as much that you can cultivate, the more uh, limits as to what you can process, and then limits as to how much you can sell. And so now you have all of these restrictions, right? But your costs, and like you guys would know, are going to stay the same. Your compliance costs stay the same, whether you're a micro or whether you're a kind of a full-size, regular license, those stay the same, but now you're restricted up to how much you can cultivate, process, sell. So Damn. they're not they're not workable. Um, and I, I do believe that what what they're predatory, in my opinion. Um, I think what could yeah. happen is it's going to be baited towards the minority community of like, hey, this is your way in. And then when it doesn't work, that they could be like, but we tried. It's like, hey, here's your 30% interest loan. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Where's my money? Yeah. <laughs> so that that's those are the only quote unquote social equity provisions. So I've been working both with the campaign, um, you know, also um, communications with the ACLU of how we can now help craft this language. Because what's going to end up happening is we're going to start probably working off of the old adult use bill that died last year, and they're probably just going to try to revamp it. So I'm working with a couple of folks. To Let's try to get some language in there that is a lot better because if not, we're going to have one of the most abysmal social equity programs in the country. And for a state such as New Jersey, that was super active in the criminalization. How many people in New Jersey have been arrested for weed? So it's about 96 people a day. And how many of them are black and brown? The majority. All right. And so in Illinois, we said, okay, if you were arrested for just the right amount of weed, uh, knowing that that's the trend, because that's the trend here too, uh, knowing, uh, and then you're going to get points in the score for your application. And then you have to have ownership and control of 51%. So like all these new companies were formed, putting these people in positions, which some are already trying to get them out before they've even announced winners. Of course, you know, it's, it's capitalism. But uh, there's going to be some generational wealth created for the people that were really injured. And that's that's what, what our our goal really is. And I mean, uh, I know that you're what was it? It's the Minorities for Medical Marijuana or something. Like that? Yep. Minorities for Medical Marijuana. Yeah. Uh, is Dustin Robinson involved in that? Yeah. So he just yeah. became a board member. Yeah. Yeah. I was just on the phone with him yesterday. And so, like, uh, we're going to have to be careful to because we'll talk more about this after the show because we were spitballing uh, legal theories to force the state of Illinois' hand. And now uh, we'll, we'll need to share your insight regarding what happened in Jersey, because the last thing we want to do is to try to help people and then have it blow up in our face. And we've caused another year of de- delay, you know? Right. Yeah. Sure. Jessica, who do you think will get their uh, recreational shit show together faster, New York or Jersey? Oh, Jersey, for, like, for sure. Uh, because we already have it on the ballot, but whatever mm. New Jersey does, it's just going to have a ripple effect here in the tri-state area. You know, exactly. New York, Pennsylvania, Connecticut. I've heard Pennsylvania is now, they're trying now to just try to see if they can get something. I don't oh, believe Pennsylvania's is nice. Pennsylvania's yeah. is nice. And so, like, uh, I, the microgrower license in Pennsylvania is, uh, the, in my opinion, the way to combat the black market the most effectively. Because yeah. if you can still be growing your plants down the street, it's hard to put them out of business. But if you could be growing your plants down the street, but then you have to sell them to a grid and then they test them. And they're like, I can't use these. These are garbage. Uh, all right. You're going to be out of business. Um, yeah. Or are you going to try to sell around around that? And then the cops will shut you down and be like, hey, you have to sell to that. And, you know, you're just pouring all this crap on your plants. No yeah. wonder they don't want it. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and then you're going to have that type of regulation. But if you were in the black market or the traditional market, the legacy market that we call it on the show, uh, you can transition. And so like that, that, that inability to transition has killed California's market. And so that's why they still have a huge black market there. I bet it's it's not killed Oklahoma's. I bet Oklahoma's black market is probably collapsing like a like a flan in the cupboard because it's so easy to become a licensed cultivator out there. And the easier you make it to become a licensed cultivator, uh, you know, the less likely it's going to be that you're going to have that black market problem or the um, the uh, untaxed market problem or the unregulated market problem. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so we'll see because I, like, I always tell folks, I'm like, Governor Cuomo is not going to want those uh, those tax dollars floating over the Hudson River. Right. So once New Jersey starts passing, I think New York will really start to, you know, get a move on it. Right on. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can we go to find you, follow you, watch what you got going on at Bressler? Uh, so, well, Bressler.com, you can find me on there. Um, I do urge people, if, you know, if you're in New Jersey, you're listening to this, uh, njcan2020.org, learn about the, the cannabis uh, legalization campaign. And as for me, uh, probably best way to communicate with me is my Instagram. So Canna Bogada, C-A-N-N-B-O-G-A-D-A. Got it. We'll throw those links in the description. Thanks again for coming on. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We will see you on Sunday. Thank you. Thank you.